Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This primetime action on a Wednesday night from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Typically, we start off the show with uh, baseball games coming up, but just want to say in the uh, few minutes that we have before that, we're already at each other's throats. Gil ruined my night already, and the night (laughs) is one minute into the night. We we have a golf, a very contentious golf one and done, which is down to its last two weeks, and we it's so competitive that we had to submit by email. And let's just say I boxed out Matt Brown. (laughs) At least many. Ruined, ruined, ruined my day already. We're two minutes into the day. All right. We'll, oh, boy. We'll we have three baseball games yes. that are coming up. Yes, we do. If you want to bet these things. Uh, Mariners and the Rangers. Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. Uh, Mike fulton on the hill for the Rangers. He's 2-11 and 11 on the year, by the way, if anyone's that wondering. Uh, minus 160 on Gonzalez. If you want to back the Rangers as underdogs, plus 140. The A's in the White Sox. Paul Blackburn on the hill for the A's. They are plus 175 underdogs because Lance Lynn is on the hill for the White Sox. He has been stellar all season long for them. Minus 210 if you want the White Sox as favorites. And we got the Astros and the Royals coming up here. 810 Eastern, 510 Pacific. Zach Greinke on the hill for the Astros. Brady Singer on the hill for the Royals. Minus 180 on Greinke and the Astros. Plus 155 on Singer. And the Royals, two late games, 9-40, 6-40. We got Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. Humberto Castellano for the Diamondbacks. Uh, plus 150 if you want to back the Diamondbacks at home as underdogs. Minus 170 
on the Phillies, and then a 10-10 Eastern, 7-10 Pacific. Our boy Brule's back on the hill there. Justin Brule uh, is a minus 300 favorite. JT Brubaker for the Pirates, plus 235. I still have undecided listed. They, they did name Brule finally? It, it, yes. it looks like he'll do an yeah. opening, like an opener thing again. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, earlier today, some finals, uh, the Cubs beat the Reds 7-1, to one, uh, did so as massive dogs. The Reds were minus $3 favorites, so there were some brain-dead parlays, including one of my own, uh, the only one that I played today, that went down in flames early. So I don't re-up on the brain-dead parlays, but that was part of a uh, three-teamer. So Cincinnati kills that right there. Just lose a unit on him, no more. Uh, Minnesota got past Cleveland 8-7, to did so as minus 115 favorites uh, in a game with no playoff implications. Then in a game that had a total of 14, the under hits, Colorado beats San Diego 7-5 to at Coors. 14! Two touchdowns, by the way, if you're scoring at home. Uh, Mets, in extra innings, take down the uh, Giants 6-2 to uh, over there at Oracle. Uh, Mets do so, or what were the Giants were minus 145 favorites in that one. Uh, and then the other final, uh, Toronto, uh, loses to Washington. Here come the Nats, Matt. Yes. Here they come. Rallying. Eight to five. Uh, Nats win his dogs. A lot of dogs getting home today. Yeah, this is not, uh, not a good little run here for the Blue Jays who need every single win that they can get. Yes, correct. More importantly, that was with uh, Jose Barrios, their uh, trade deadline pickup on the hill as well uh, in that one. And then we have some... Uh, some scores going on right now. Kelly, want to update those? Yeah, absolutely. Yankees uh, up on the Red Sox here early. Two to one, bottom of the second live numbers in that game. Yankees minus 230. Red Sox plus 185 and 10 and a half the total. The Braves up on the Marlins, one to nothing, top of the fourth. Braves minus 550 live. Marlins plus $4. And seven and a half is your live total. Orioles and Rays all tied up at two, top of the third. The Rays, a minus 280 live favorite, though. Orioles plus 225 and 10.5 the total. Angels, two. Tigers, nothing top of the fourth. Angels, minus 380 live. Tigers, plus 290. 7.5 the live total. And the Cardinals up early on the Brewers, two to nothing uh, in the bottom of the first. And they still got runners on first and second here with two outs. That they do up two to nothing, as you said, over the Brewers in the bottom of the first. Um, yeah, in that in that Blue Jays game, Gil, that you're that you're talking yeah. about, mm-hmm. um, Barrios actually, you know, five innings to earn, uh, given up there. But they go out, they acquire Brad Hand. Brad Hand was the guy, two thirds of an inning, three earned against him, gave up two bombs in uh, in his short brief appearance wow. that he was in there, and that is actually what ended up losing the game for for the Blue Jays there. So, uh, you know, a guy that they went out as a kind of kind of to be a lockdown guy. And instead, uh, they bring him in against uh, bring him in against uh, Bell, and Bell goes deep against him. And uh, man, that is that's a big. I mean, sixty three and fifty six is not a, a terrible record for the Blue Jays. But when you're chasing who you're chasing, and, and in the league that you're in, they 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 need these wins against these teams that people thought at least were were kind of giving up. Yeah, well, the division you can forget about mm-hmm. it, right? They're nine and a half back. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidland. It's Visa's prime time action uh, right here, uh, Visa.com, the Visa app. However, you're taking us in, iHeartRadio. And of course, we'd like to welcome in uh, our newish audience, not brand new, but our newish audience down in Jacksonville. Uh, not only us, but the nightcap with Tim Murray and Sean King can now be heard on 1010XL in Jacksonville every weeknight starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate uh, everybody tuning in. Um, nine and a half back, the Blue Jays are now. So you can forget about the division. By the way, the Yankees now with a two RBI shot. That Did that carry them off the first baseman? 
uh, something happened there. That was Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I just had my head turned. So it's four to one Yankees. The Yankees uh, trying to catch the Rays. Yankees and Red Sox both five behind the Rays as of this moment. And it looks like the Yankees are going to be the ones, well, surly, but the Yankees with a leg up in terms of uh, getting even closer. But the Blue Jays, what are they, four and a half out of a, a wild card berth? So that's what they're really realistically trying yeah, to get they to. Yeah, they lose three of, they, they lose uh, two of three to Seattle. Then they, both of these games to Washington, they lost. They lost the, the last one of the series to the Angels as well. So lost five of their last six at the worst possible time to lose five of their last six, that's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, do you think any? But by the way, that went right into the first baseman's glove. By the way, it was like off the bag and then off his glove. Yeah. So I don't know how much to blame him for, but yeah, yeah that was uh, yeah, that was tough. When the when the breaks are going your way, they are really going right. your way, and conversely opposite. Yeah. So Yankees four uh, to one, bottom of the second, there in the Bronx. Uh, what do you think? Do you think people care about my uh, my bad beat story today? Do you think people would care about that? Can we spend 90 oh, seconds on it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it can also kind of, for people who don't bet individual sports, and this is, this is you know, tennis, MMA, like different things like that, where, you know, listen, it's a real bummer if you bet a football game and Tom Brady goes out because he gets injured. However, they have another guy standing on the sideline who can come in and he can at least give you a chance. Your bet is not dead then at that point. We've seen, you know, a couple of different times if you've bet MMA here recently, guys gets injured and he has to like, you know, just just kind of bow out in the middle of a fight and Gil, you uh you you experienced the 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 drawback of the solo sport today. Yeah, and and let me preface it by saying Don't cry for me because I've had a great day in tennis Um, on a numbers game. Gave out six tennis picks. One was a uh, a withdrawal from the tournament, so it ended up being five picks. One is pending, but the you know of the other. So the others basically, we've hit them all. One of them was a plus. Uh, north of a plus two dollar dog on Paula Badosa, upsetting Arena Sabalenka. So it's been a, it's been a great day of tennis, and I've bet him in multiple places. So I've won in multiple places, and so it's not a bad thing. But at one particular place in town, um, I had a four leg parlay that included. If that price was plus two fifty actually on that particular one. Got the best number on on that Badosa match, and three legs hit, and on the fourth one. Uh, Jen Brady was up a set and then down four or five in the second, she had had enough and she pulled out of the tournament. Now, this is what you, now here's the thing. There's no, there's no hard feelings. The place that I, that I bet it, that their rule is if one set is in the books, sorry, the person who advances is declared the winner per the bet. So imagine I won three of the four, won a plus two fifty dog, and on the fourth one I was up a set. So, and I was asking you this about about this before the yes. show. In in most places, like what's the most common rule? Most, is it that rule, or no, you just get no most that, places that leg's taken off the part? It's leg. just yeah, it's just a refund if okay. if the match isn't completed. I would say most. By the way, it's not like ninety percent of them, but most. Right, right. There are there are some places though. It's not rare. Where people, where some shops you got to go one set, and so by the way, the the reason that you can't have sour grapes is that could have just as easily worked for, worked in my favor, mm-hmm. right? It could have been the person that I was fading who withdrew from the match, and then it would have worked out in my favor. The only the only real kick in the butt though is it's not typically on the fourth leg, <laughs> parlay right. where you've won the other three, one of which was a plus two fifty dog, and you were up a set in the fourth. So it's brutal. It took me like. It took me 30 minutes to sort of 
come to terms that, with it. That and the same yeah. thing with MMA betting. It, it can it can go in your favor. It can go your way. The only time it does never it cannot go in your favor is 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 golf because you know if you're betting on a guy and he withdraws, that's just that's just it. So I mean, like right, yeah. yeah. Like I, I guess you could be betting a, a match a matchup, I guess, them, or yeah. something like that. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're on a guy and he just decides to withdraw, and the majority of the places, if if a guy tees off, best life. And there's a lot of guys yeah. who will knowingly go out and play two or three holes to make sure that they get their well, appearance fee or yeah. whatever it might be. The, the WGCs, you always got to be careful. A deal with yeah. a sponsor as well. Like, you know, you've got to play an X amount of events to make sure that you've fulfilled your sponsor obligations and things and all that. And so, you know, that's 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 the other thing about, about golf as well. But, hey, look. What, you know? what was the John Rahm tournament where he was up six shots in the third round and then he was positive for COVID? Oh gosh, that was about the most. The name that was the most brutal golf beat of the year for people. I mean that that's an all that's an all timer right there. I mean that is like if you had an outright bet on John Rahm to lose that one is an add that was an all absolute all timer. I I can't I can't get over after we were talking about it the other night. So the the Jen Brady, by the way, we'll flash up this graphic. Yeah, like that red X is only an X. At this particular place, it was a no play in most places. So, like, even the X shouldn't be there is what I'm saying, right? It should just be neutral. It didn't happen for that particular parlay. But it's, it's really a four-end whatever, depending on where you bet the other one. Because some places it didn't matter to me, and then in that one spot it did. Um, Tsitsipas Corda uh, is a, my tennis bet that's pending here tonight. Over 22 games in Tsitsipas Corda. I also uh, got frisky and, and bet Diego Schwartzman against uh, Francis Tiafo a little later as well. So those are the only two tennis plays still pending if you want some tennis action. But there you go. There you got go. you got Allen Iverson. You know, you got walked over. I, I still want to see that. They have to, they have right. to lay down on the court. Like a rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and walk over the person. <laughs> when you play rock, paper, scissors, are you someone who carries out the action, no matter what it is at the end? Like, if you're the winner, if you're, if you're paper and well, uh, You know rock, what? That's a good question. Because I'm going to say maybe sometimes if you, get to, if you get to rock smash a scissors, right? Right. But no, I'm never that guy that's going to, like, grab your hand. Grab your no. hand? No, yeah, I'll be like, nope, gotcha. I think you carry out the action. Well, this is what's the walkover idea, right? <laughs> the opponent. It must be walked over. So he must lay down. It must lay down, <laughs> surrender their racket, and uh, be walked over. Brutality. Get that red X off the screen. I don't deserve that at all. Jeez. Brutal. And an otherwise great day. But, again, don't cry for me because I bet it in multiple places. So it's, it's cool. But it's a good – you're right, Matt. It's a good individual sport betting lesson. Um, that that can happen. That that can happen. Yes. By the way, this night we're talking about people misapplying rules during a pandemic. We're talking about actual bets, that the, the actual rules that have always existed at these particular books uh, throughout eternity. Um, okay, so that's the deal there. Good lesson. Um, NFL later tonight, 32 teams and 32 shows continues. We go to the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that should be interesting because we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, Sam Darnold and the new look Panthers with Sam Darnold. Uh, Matt Rule, of course, at the helm for year number two. The Northern, Tust, uh, the Northern Trust preview. This is the first leg of three in the FedEx Cup, 124 golfers because Louis Oosthuizen has withdrawn. So 124 golfers, which after this tournament will be cut to 70 and will subsequently be cut to 30 in week three in Atlanta. We'll do that. We have NFL top two in the division odds, so that's pretty interesting. Who will be the top two teams in each division? And it doesn't have to be one, two in that order. It's not an exacta, so we'll look at those. And then the aforementioned Northern Trust one and done in draft. Uh, we will do that later, and then uh, we'll talk SEC football with the great Pete Futak from College Football News. Uh, can I circle back to the uh, to the one and done thing? Because we'll we'll do it later. But 
this is this is where the strategy comes in, right? Kelly's got a lead on us, and this is the, the the game theory with all kinds of contests. Kelly's got a lead on us, so Matt and I are obviously looking what has who has Kelly picked, and then Matt and I end up. Picking yeah. the same person. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. So I can't. Because Matt can't make up ground. I mean, yeah. Well, listen, I can make up ground on Kelly, but I can't make up ground on you. That's all right. But we hey, got one more week after this. That's know. the that's the guy you really got to make up ground on this week. So it's it, not all lost. It's funny. It seems like every time we talk about some of these teams, then like some news comes out. We we talked about the Seahawks, and they you know the Jamal Adams news comes out, and then we talk about the the Cardinals, and then Lewis Riddick over to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he's doing kind of like a tour around you know different camps and things and whatnot, and then. We were saying this could be an interesting offense if they can find the fountain of youth with some, you know, particularly particularly A.J. Green. Lewis Riddick says today on Twitter, what I saw from A.J. Green at Cardinals practice today looked like the 2015 version. Wow. He was fire emoji. Arizona (laughs) has the potential to have top five wide receiver group with D-Hop, A.J., Rondell Moore, and Christian Kirk. But that was just I thought that was incredibly interesting. Yes, that you know because we've written him off for dead. That yeah, I mean, listen, it's yeah. it's he is one of those guys that it was you know wide receivers we tend to see fall off pretty rapidly, right? It's like they're awesome, 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 and then they just kind of fall off because they get slower. Newer cornerbacks come in, they get faster, they cover better, harder to get separation, all the different things like that. Well, uh, if you get the 2015 version of AJ Green. Uh, with, De- with DeAndre Hopkins, with DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. like uh, man, uh, maybe I need to get in back back in on those futures that I, you know, from last night. Uh, it's just man, that, that division. I know we talked about last night. Division is so brutal. Like it's a team I want to love, but like it's really hard to love when you're looking at those three other teams in the division. Because I, I mean, I got respect for all all three of the rest of them too. But yeah, I mean that that offense could be some special. Man, let's just play football already. Like I'm, I'm know, so ready. ready to play. Ready to go. Ten days till college, but and still. You, and you, you brought it. You brought it up a couple different times here, but not to bust anyone's bubble out there. But there's there's a bye week. Yes. Between the season starting, kills like me. it is. Just, what in the world? Yeah. So, oh, so instead of week four just... preseason, it's not like we go right into the regular season. It's like we'll take another week off here just to. Uh, Get all acclimated. Did you do uh, episode two of Hard Knocks last night? I did not. I am. I told you my impression. Can't spoiler of, then. I can't. All right. I won't spoil. Well, no, just no well, spoiler. Don't spoil. But give me your assessment. You actually liked episode one better than I did. Yeah. I, I, so I do think it's interesting that they're just highlighting the characters of these people, right? Because at the end of the day, the drama behind Hard Knocks that we get with a lot of these teams is a position battle at quarterback or at running back or at wide receiver and all that. Well. We don't get any of that. So instead, they're kind of going the opposite way of just like highlighting the personalities of those people that I think that we, they know we're going to see all season long, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, episode one, a pretty heavy dose of of Dak and, and a decent little sprinkle of Zeke. Well, And of Jerry Jones. And of Jerry Jones. So Which then like this one was, yeah. you know, another pretty good – pretty good dash of Zeke with now CD lamb, like a pretty good amount of a pretty good amount of CD lamb to kind of like, kind of get you his personality and different things, stuff like that. So, you know, I think they're, I think they just had to go a different direction because there's not a lot of like position battles going on yeah. with this team. Like, you know, who's, I mean, you know, who the quarterback is, you know, who the running back is, you know, who all the receivers are, you know, who the tight ends are offensive line is set. I mean, there's a, maybe a, maybe a position or two on the defensive side that, 
could flip-flop, but probably not. So it's just, yeah. I mean, I think they're having to go alternate storylines. I did like the Micah Parsons part of of week Mm -hmm. one. He's a super personality plus. Liked him a lot. They always get great content, too, when these teams do these joint practices. Why do they do these? Oh, oh it? Why, yeah. just, why don't you, why don't they just go out and just be like, here, y'all just fight, and then oh, like, is there a joint practice? In, yeah, yeah. In it's week, like, it's like y'all just fight, and then we'll tape you fighting, and then let, let, let's go. I mean, like that's <laughs> that's all this is. It is, and we'll tape you fighting. Yeah, I mean, like, every time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like they run like they get through like eight plays, and, and then like about by the ninth or tenth play, it's like there's a fight, and then they get to two, <laughs> and there's another fight, and then there's 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 fight. The whole it feels like is, it feels like one of those like, hey, is anybody else hot and tired out here? Hey, let's let's, like, let's hold fight. me back, bro. Hold me back. I'm coming out. <laughs> week, week one, probably most noteworthy for Jerry Jones' uh, culinary habits. Let's just put it that way. Older oh, interesting. Guy. Okay. I didn't catch yeah, I haven't caught up yet. I, I didn't catch a license plate of the stupidest player on the Dallas Cowboys that picked a fight with Aaron Donald but, yeah. uh, <laughs> during the thing. But I'm like, what are you doing? I'm coming I, after all you, the 99. Like, when you see 99, you should run <laughs> the other direction. Like, do you know, what, what are you doing I'm picking gonna, a fight with I'm that gonna guy? I'm going to pick on I, 99. Saw, yeah. <laughs> Only the best defensive player maybe we've ever seen. Like, I mean, give me, give me that guy. Like, I, I, mean, I saw Hunter Renfro. Did you catch him today? I, I saw a couple of his quotes because they've been practicing uh, with the Rams. So he uh, apparently beat Jalen Ramsey once or twice in practice and had some uh, post-practice quotes of, I can beat anybody oh. in the league. I can, oh. I can beat a, Hunter I, Renfro said Yeah, he was like, I got a lot wow. of respect for Jalen Ramsey. He's one of the best in the league. I, I'm confident I can beat anybody in the league. Amazing. <laughs> it's like, mm. okay. Amazing how that Hunter Renfro can play baseball and uh, football simultaneously, though. Isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Every, every time I see one of those names, I think of me yeah. and you talking about that yeah. and why it's not talked about why, enough. Why aren't we talking about this enough? Uh, last thing here before a segment. I had uh, Aaron Schatz, the uh, founder of Football Outsiders, on a numbers game this morning, and I thought about you because his favorite two unders, his favorite two unders, and you and you reference Football Outsiders mm-hmm. when you do the 32 teams, the 32 shows, favorite two were the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns, who's the first person I think I've heard on this network oh, yeah. go contrarian on the Browns. So that's worth a, uh, a watch also. His favorite over was the, uh, although he didn't like it as much because the member had moved since he had made the play with the Minnesota Vikings. And he, he actually goes over on the Oakland Raiders. That's why that jogged in my memory uh, with Hunter Renfro. He, he likes the over on the Raiders, who he calls the most boring team in all of football. Like everything is average. Yeah, just, just yeah. R- every, uh, right down the middle. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just right down the middle with, with those guys. That's interesting on the, on the Browns. That would be, um, be a bummer for me and – and Andrew Densick, who we had on the uh, yes. we had on here yesterday, I, I, I don't see it. But I mean, listen, it's, we, hey. I, I'm I'm here to be I'm here to either be proven wrong or, of course, I'll just I'll own Football Outsiders after this. I'll just be like I'll just be like told you so, man. What are you doing? I told you so. You told you so. Analytics, yeah, nerds. you and your analytics. <laughs> Shout out to David Cully. He also made a boy play the David Cully thing for him, which of course he knew about already. I was just doing it for uh, for giggles. And he's like, yeah, he goes, maybe maybe don't go with your gut saw because he made the point. He's like, yeah, whenever those coaches say they're just going to go with feel, it's never the analytics side, right? It's the feel is always to go against it. So it's like, what are we really talking also, about? Also, these people who say they're going to go with feel, what are you doing? You have an out by just saying like, no, I went with the numbers. I did what I, it is. Good point. If yeah. you do something and it goes wrong and you you went against whatever, that, now it's on you, you idiot. People would rather be wrong their way than right. The other way. Yeah. They really would. It's a truism of life. Uh, we'll come back. We'll update the baseball scores and all that which we spoke about uh, still to come, including the one twos uh, in the NFL divisions. We'll do that. Pete Futak on the SEC and the Carolina Panthers highlighted tonight. It is Beast's primetime action.
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Back on Beast's Prime Time Action live from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Hey, uh, shout out to uh, Eric the Barber over there at Gentleman's Fades on uh, Maryland Avenue. Is it, is it an avenue? Is Maryland an avenue? What is it? Parkway. It's a parkway. Oh, it's a parkway. That's what it is. Maryland yeah. Parkway. Gentleman's Fades. Eric, hook me up today. Clean. Fade. Shout out. Um, here's what I wanted to say. 
had Ed Fang on a numbers game this morning. Ed Fang is a PhD from Stanford. He runs the powerrank.com. He also has a football analytics podcast. And really, his brain is larger than all of ours combined. Just want to point that out. But uh, he has used his, uh, his, his, he's a doctor, he's Dr. Ed Fang. He's used his large brain and has applied it to betting sports, using his analytics to uh, try to beat sports betting markets. And, uh, you know, he was on the show last week. And he t- well, one of his, new- his Power Rank newsletter, and he was on a numbers game last week, he talked about, you know, can we predict interceptions from quarterbacks? And although we can't cleanly, what he did was he was able, through uh, three years of data, really cull um, bad ball rate percentage of, of uh, quarterbacks and then see what their interception rates were vis-a-vis those bad ball rates and really could determine from that who's gotten lucky that makes sense, right? Who's gotten lucky in terms of the bad ball rates not translating necessarily to a league average uh, interception rate, and then who's gotten uh, unlucky, and who has you know the 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 ones that have been fortunate and the ones that have not been uh, fortunate in that regard. So you can really tell, like the the Daniel Jones and the Ryan Tannehills of the world. Um, they should probably throw more picks than they already have, and that the Tom Brady's and the Russell Wilson's of the world, and even, by the way, surprisingly, Kyler Murray and Cam Newton, may throw fewer than they already have. So that was one thing. Then this week in his newsletter, and he was on the show this morning, he tried to tackle fumbles. Can you figure out fumbles in any way with quarterbacks? And so what he came up with here, Matt, and I'm curious your reaction, the distribution of fumbles lost based on type of play. So... 32.2% of quarterback fumbles uh, or, or fumbles lost happens on runs. But runs constituted 41.3% of offensive plays. That's not just quarterbacks. That's all offensive plays. 31%, 31.1% of fumbles lost happen on sacks, even though only 3.6% of offensive plays ended in sacks. So his theory was this. Hmm. If such a high percentage of fumbles comes from such a low percentage of a type of outcome of a play, maybe we should look at sack rates to determine where fumbles might come from the most because you can actually look at who takes the most sacks from year to year. Obviously, there's other variables too. Now, he's not comfortable in projecting how that will translate to who will fumble the most, but at least if you know the sack rates, of these quarterbacks, you might have some idea about who's been loose with the football. And if you do, you have the other graphic, Kelly, where we show this, because one of the things you'll see is that Tom Brady is good at everything, right? Like <laughs> he also doesn't fumble the ball uh, in these particular situations. So he's one of the ones on the good side. But some of the names won't surprise you on either. But anyway, I like that he applies these things that he tries to figure out if you can project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. One of the things that um, well, you know, other other guys that we consider to be pretty smart, the, the guys that are pro, pro football focused would actually say, like, so sack rate is, there's a lot of luck involved in sack rate. Like, the thing that's consistent is is pressure rate, right? Like, and, like, then sometimes you get through to get to the quarterback, but, like, your, your matchup and different things like that are completely dependent on your actual sack rate, right, as to where you can get consistent pressure on stuff like that. So, I don't know, I think maybe, maybe if this would, maybe Maybe this correlates, you know, almost exactly to pressure rate as opposed to like the sack rate and different things like that. But yeah, there, there's there's a lot of variables involved with sack rate as to where pressure pressure rate tends to be a little bit more constant and and a little bit more stable. Did we show the high one already? The highest sack rates belong to those of yeah. uh, Russell Wilson. All that you say uh, is um, is well founded there, Matt. Here's the lowest sack rates: Big Ben, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, 
Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, NFL average sack rate, 6.2%. These are all lower. Big Ben coming in in a five-year sample at just 3%. Of course, part of that's he gets rid of the ball yeah. this last year quickly, right? There's a there's some reasons for some of these guys. And the highest ones, again, Russell Wilson, 8.2%. Terod Taylor, 9.4%. Daniel Jones, 8.3%. And maybe interestingly, Ryan Tannehill, who in that five-year sample, 7.5% sack rate, even though his was only 4.7% last year. Yeah, the the thing about Russell Wilson, uh, you know, obviously he, he's he's known for, for his incredibly horrible offensive lines for so long. And also, there's been some there's been some pretty there's been some, some pretty good data on him. That he holds the ball a little bit too long sometimes as well. And the Daniel Jones has had there it directly correlates with Daniel Jones here because Daniel Jones has been one of the worst fumbling quarterbacks there has yep. been over the last two years in the entire NFL. Terod Taylor's interesting. That's yeah, an interesting one. And Terod Taylor has one of the greatest pick rates in the history of the game. Like, yeah. He just doesn't turn the ball over. Anyway, good for Ed for, mm-hmm. for giving a run. At, I think particularly at the bad ball rate and the interception rate, that one makes very clean sense. This one, pretty interesting to try to uh, you know ascertain sack rates and see if you can uh, figure out fumbles from that on a week-to-week basis, or at least put that in your toolbox. Coming back on VEASAN's Primetime Action. Don't forget our VEASAN college football betting guide is available. In fact, both betting guides are. Analysis of every team, VEASAN expert picks, power ratings, the data. Order now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. College football betting guide out now. Pro football betting guide coming soon. And by the way, these are spectacular guides. Uh, At least the college football one is. And I uh, would imagine that the pro football betting guide even finer than what uh, Matt Eumanns and crew pulled up. Produced with a college football betting guide. So shout out to them. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for both of those. Uh, it is Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. These are pretty interesting props, Kelly, that you uh, have uh, unearthed here at DraftKings. Who will finish top two in divisions? Now, these, just for, for clarification's sake, these do these are these in order one, two, or it's just the combination of these no two teams? No order, just the combination of these two teams finishing first and second in their division. Okay. Just a combination of these two teams finishing first and second in their division. Okay, so we'll do the AFC today. Let's start with the AFC North. So um, I believe these are all the possible combinations right here that we have of the two teams at top. So Ravens and Browns is obviously going to be the favorite, and it should be. It's minus 125 reflected in the market. Then the Steelers sort of creep in with both the Ravens and the Browns at 3-1 to and plus 350. Then the Bengals creep in with both the Ravens and the Browns. Those two combinations, 16 to 1, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, 25 to 1. And then the one that would turn the entire division on its head, Steelers, Bengals at 50 to 1. So we'll see this with divisions that are really split in two by general market uh, conventional wisdom. Is there a bet you would make there? I'm going to say there is not because you hate the Steelers this year. No, yeah, I mean, it's. The Ravens, if it's not the Ravens and Browns, then yeah. that would just be, that would be insanity to me if it's not those two teams. So, I mean, minus 125 is not not bad. Like, I mean, I feel like it, I feel like those two teams are the teams certainly to beat. I think a you know, ton of regression again for the Steelers, like I was saying. And then if we, I mean, look, 
it, everything relies on Joe Burrow and his health and how he's going to be able to do whether the whether you know honestly whether the Bengals are even going to have a chance to win games you know so I mean d- defense is still going to be poor so I can't one twenty five is like all you could bet there yeah for me that's all I would bet and I'm not sure I would want to bet that in league yeah, for the whole you, season you'd probably need that at a little like even money maybe not plus money but even money I'd probably bet that at yeah. Let's right, move, check let's, out the next one. Let's move to another one here. Uh, still in the AFC. The AFC East. Okay, this is a little more interesting, right? Because we have three teams, generally speaking, that are vying for the top two spots. So Bills Dolphins comes in as the short shot at plus 105, closely followed by the Bills Patriots at plus 150. Dolphins Patriots. So Bills are removed from that. So the Bills would have to finish third here or fourth, plus 550 on the Dolphins Patriots. Bills Jets fourteen to one, Dolphins Jets twenty five to one, Pats Jets thirty to one. Bills Patriots at plus one fifty is better than anything we saw in the AFC North. I think. Yeah, yeah. I and I mean, if we look at the win totals, two of these teams. I mean, like the Patriots and the Dolphins basically have the same kind of forecast when it mm-hmm. comes to the to the season. So I mean, if you're betting one of the two, you just take the better number. I think if you're betting something like this, but. Um, whatever you do, you want to connect it to to the Bills because if they if, if they don't finish first, are definitely finishing second. Yeah, like, like you're you don't want one that does not have the Bills for sure. Because as we talked about, like they're one of the kind of under the radar things that happened this offseason was they went and signed Mitch Trubisky, and so if anything were to happen to to Josh Allen, I mean they've probably got the best backup situation. In the league, I would imagine a guy who's got tons and tons of starts under his belt and would finally be playing with a lot of talent around him and stuff. Like, I think they would be able to withstand, you know, an injury, you know, where they had to be without Josh Allen for three or four games or something like that. It occurs to me as you're saying that, too. A lot of these, by the way, division bets on long shots to begin with. And these for sure, these props, a lot of these are almost like bets and a secret hope for a major injury to a key player yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. I hate to be I hate to be callous about it, but that's kind of what you're doing. Well, there. it's like I was kind of thinking it's like one of the like no, you're right. It's like you go to the AFC North one, it could be like Browns and Steelers or Bengals if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, right? Like that can absolutely happen. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting, Gil, because I'm with you. It's, I think it's like you almost. This is an interesting market and very bettable in a in a division where there's maybe. Three teams that everybody think are thinks are live, but maybe one of those teams you don't at all, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll check out the AFC South. That one's uh, <laughs> minus two hundred for Colts. The, the NFC West will be the most interesting of these, of course. But yeah, the, we can jump to that one. AFC South, AFC which is West. largely considered, you know, a two teams on top, two teams on the bottom division. Colts Titans minus two hundred. There's the most stark example of this. Colts Titans is minus two hundred. Everything else, nice little bang. Titans Jags four to one, Colts Jags plus five fifty, and then the Texans combos. Matt Titans Texans eight, <sighs> Titans Texans eighteen to one, Colts Texans twenty five to one, and yes, the Jaguars and the Texans to finish in any combination of one two, with the Colts and Titans finishing in any combination of three four eighty to one. Hey, listen, I, I we already did the preview for you, so you guys know I'm like I'm not like high on the Jags or anything like that, but. At four to one for them to finish higher than the Colts, I don't think is the craziest thing in the whole world. But I liked, I, I still liked the Bills Patriots at plus five fifty better than that. 
Wasn't it plus 550? No, I think oh, it was plus 150. 150. Yeah, I'm 150. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let me not get crazy. Sorry Four to one. That. I mean, the Titans, again, are going to be one or two in that division for sure. And I, it would not shock me at all if the Jags were finished better than the Colts. Yeah. What if the Colts get a horrible quarterback play? Yeah. Like, what if they just get absolutely terrible quarterback play? Cut to a shot of Trevor Lawrence just getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and there's the AFC West because we have a minute here. Chiefs Chargers plus 120. Same exact price as Chiefs Broncos at plus 120. What are we doing here? Chiefs Raiders 8 to 1. Then Broncos Chargers 10 to 1. And both Chargers Raiders and Broncos Raiders are 40 to 1. So, the only wait thing a minute. You could bet is the Chiefs Raiders, right? That's the only thing you could bet. Yeah, but I'm not betting that. But how are, how are the Chiefs, Chargers, and Chiefs, Broncos the same price? We really think the Broncos are as good as the Chargers, they, huh? They've been, yeah, I, those Broncos prices have been short, like too short all offseason. We thought it was an Aaron Rodgers thing. We, yeah. Exactly. We thought it was an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson thing, and the numbers have not really gone up. Like, uh-huh. we, we thought they were, that was baked into that price, well, and they really it, haven't moved. It's the same thing that we keep saying. I mean, saying basically the same thing I just said before. But, I mean, look, it's a talented roster, but. But the quarterback play, right? I mean, that's what was your quarterback. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, that's the deal. It's a super talented roster, but, like, quarterback play means so incredibly much in the NFL. I mean, I don't – the only bet I'd make on that screen would be Chiefs Raiders because at least least I'm getting eight to one, and, like, the Raiders could have an outlier ceiling season, whereas, like, the Chargers and Broncos could have, like, a a middling to outlier, you know, floor season. No. I hear you, but I'm still not running to bet that. No, no, no. Can't wait to see the NFC West when we do the NFC uh, tomorrow. Um, Coming back, we will talk Northern Trust Open, the first of the three FedEx Cup events. Not our one and done, not our draft, but actual bets that Matt and Kelly are doing per their model. It's next on Beeson's Primetime Action. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. 
Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, it's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide is only 20 bucks. The discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and College Guide together. Juntos! Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Speaking of preseason, uh, Kelly, are we... Uh, are we trying to? Are we efforting the great Doctor Bob Stoll? Are we? Uh, are we trying for that? Uh, efforted. Did, did, he couldn't join us. Oh, he could not. Could not join us. Oh, so okay. busy man. He was on a numbers game the other day. He was. Should I just go ahead and give you what his? Uh, yeah. What his deal yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. So real quick before I we... watched the clips, it was great stuff. So the thing is, a numbers game nor this show, primetime action with Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and myself. Uh, we we are not trends people. But one time a year, we're also not absolute people. We're not black and white people. We do believe in gray areas. So once a year, I do have Dr. Bob on to talk about a specific trend from week one of preseason to week two of preseason because this stuff is ridiculous, and it works. It seems to work every year. So it's, a, it's basically teams that lost week one of preseason who are playing teams that won week one of preseason in week number two. It's not that simple, though, because that's like some ridiculously great uh, trend over time. What Bob has is also an additional subset of that trend, which he does not reveal what the parameters are. So within that, within Mm -hmm. teams that lost, playing teams that won in week one, playing in week two, within that general large successful subset, there's one that's a subset that's 62-16-1 over time against the spread. Sounds like my NBA betting 62, record. 16, and 1. And by the way, within that, there's a 23 and 3 spread. So of the 62, 16, and 1s, here are the play on teams this week in week two of the NFL. Would you like to hear them? Here yeah, they go. Yeah, so these are what these are just the ones who lost week one and are playing against a team that won week one? Yes, but not that there's some we're leaving out because they don't okay. apply to the 62 okay. and 16 subset. So the five teams of the 62 and 16 apply to. Matt, right Matt is writing these down. Philadelphia right. Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, who are they playing? New England? Yes. Uh, Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers. The Seattle Seahawks, who are big dogs. The L.A. Rams, who are big dogs. And the San Francisco 49ers. So Philadelphia, Green Bay, Seattle, the Rams, and the Niners. And Seattle and the Rams apply to the 23-3 and subset beyond the 61-16 subset. So there you go. Those are your five Dr. Bob trend.
picks All right. for preseason. Okay. Of the week. Of the year, actually. <laughs> All right, let's talk golf. FedEx Cup playoffs. The Northern Trust at Liberty National. What you got, man? We got a 7,410-yard par 71 here. Uh, not one of the pros' favorite courses, actually. In my research, did you catch like, yeah. this, Kelly? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, in my research, I found so they do this anonymous survey every year, and they they get like quotes from from the pros on you know courses or whatever. Two crammed in have nothing good to say about it. Um, one <laughs> one said they should have left it as a dump. By the way, this used to be a landfill. This uh, it, this golf course. This did. is on the Jersey side of what the Hudson, right? So yeah. you have a a you'll have spectacular views from home all weekend long of New York City. Yes, but yes, the pro. It's it, apparently the Joes love it. The pros yeah. don't love it. Stupid. Much. The views are way better than the course, <laughs> and uh, a stunning location is the only thing that keeps me from rating it a zero. Welcome is, to the FedEx so, Cup. Yeah, so that is uh, that is what they think of this. I mean, <laughs> look, there's only 23 acres of fairway here. These are these are bent grass greens that are going to be fast, and they're only 4,500. Uh, they average just you know 4,500 square feet. So these are going to be small, 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 small greens. Going to be tough to hit. There's going to be uh, you know, especially if you don't hit hit the fairways here. Uh, this is going to be one and a quarter inch rough if you hit the first cut, but like the second cut is going to be pretty terrible. There's 98 fescue. Right yeah, there's up. 98 bunkers out here. There's 13 water hazards that's in play on 12 different holes for the bigger misses and the people who you know can't can't seem to find the course out there. Um, you know, for me, Kelly, I mean, this, again, uh, we like to do some course history stuff. A lot of the times, not really a ton of course history here, and especially not nope. course history that we really want to start going back to because some of the stuff's a decade, you know, 12 years old. So I'm not really, you know, the golf, the game of golf has changed so much in the last 12 years that I don't really even go back. So we do at least have a little bit, I guess, from, from 2019. I don't know how much you weighed that in anything that you did. I will tell you the one single note that stu- stood out the, the largest from me from 2019. You're right. I didn't take a lot from it, but it was more just researching the course and then how we usually do. But the yeah. uh, so 2019 leaderboard, 16 of the top 20 players uh, gained strokes around the green, small greens. That's going to be an important stat this week uh, with only one of the 20 losing strokes. So think of that 19 of the 20, only one of them lost strokes around the green. So that was a, a major stat that I used this week. So if you look at 2019, we do have a 2013 sample as well. Adam Scott won here in 2013. But if you look, Patrick Reed, who did who won in 2019, if you go back and look at what he did in 2019 here. So if you're looking at driving distance, he was 11th in the field. If you look at driving accuracy, he was 8th in the field. Greens and regulation, he was 5th in the field. Ball striking, he was the number one golfer in the field in ball striking. You go down a little bit further, strokes gain tee to green, he was 4th overall in the field. Scrambling, he was 2nd overall in bogey avoidance. He was 1st overall. So I kind of look and took a lot of those things into my what I looked for this week. I did kind of a wonky model because I wanted to – Get some wonky results, right? And so I didn't put driving distance, even though this is a long course, I didn't put driving distance really in here at all because 
I wanted guys who are just going to be more accurate and more accurate from long distances away because even though this is a longer track, if you do go back and look at the stats from 2019, the vast majority of approach shots were coming from 175, uh, 175 out and further. And so right. yep. I was less concerned about driving distance because here's the thing. You can't bomb this course because of how penal the rough is and because of how much water is out there and how many bunkers are out there. So this isn't one of those Bryson DeChambeau courses, right? Like, yeah. it's just not a Bryson bomb course. Bomb it wherever it lands, I'll be and able to get it. And you play it out of there, and it's no big deal because it's going to land in water or it's going to land in a bunker or it's going to land the, in, yeah. Plus, the greens are really small, yeah. right? So you don't have, you're not going to get any leeway there. So I didn't do that. So I went approach ball striking around the green, bogey avoidance. I basically followed what the, the Patrick Reed approach was was in 2019. Um, I did. I threw scrambling in there, even though I had around the green, just because I want to see the all-around deal there. I did good drives, not necessarily driving distance, but good drives okay. just to see. That's a good call. Um, you know, again, you can miss that in the first little cut. It's only an inch rough. It's not going to be that bad. So as long as you're, as long as you're not, you know, missing badly or something like that. And that, that's really all I looked at th- this week. And I would so, say I, I did basically I did everything you just said except for the good drives. The only other things I did add a little bit on sand saves. Um, a little bit. I did proximity 200 plus from a lot of what you just said on those uh, mm. those secondary approach shots coming in or them being a, li- a little bit further out. Otherwise, sounds. And then I did par fours 450 to 500 yards. There are five of those on the course, and they are the five hard toughest holes on the course. So that is something I weighed as well. Three. You want to you want to know the three names that came up in the top top ten of my last 12, 24, and 36 models. Por favor, John Rom. Colin Morikawa and Seamus Power. <laughs> so one of these things is not like one the other. One of these enough. things is not like the other. I have a play on Seamus Power this week. Me too. Actually, because oh. he uh, he he was also pretty high up in mind. Not only not only because again he's good at a lot of these things that that we're talking about, specifically around the green type stuff. And so that's one of the deals that I'm bogey avoidance. He's way up there, um, and he's just kind of an overall. You know, steady Eddie player across the board. Here's my here's my problem with John Rom. If we're talking about the odds here, if you're listening and you're not watching, you know, Rom is eight to one. He's rightfully should be eight to one. If you look at his last, like if you look at the last seven tournaments he's played, there's a total of 15 golfers who've beaten him. Like yeah. I mean, it's it's absurd. You know, I mean, like that's it. I mean, he has been that dominant. But the problem is, is He's coming off this like second bout of COVID, and I just don't know, and hadn't played in a while, and I just don't know how that is going to affect you know him here in a field that is the strongest field that you're gonna see. It, it is every single big name golfer. This I don't know how you can play him. For everything you're saying, I don't know how you can play him. That's this the is, this is one of those where if you live in a state that's got DFS, like get your exposure to Rom through like DFS yes. and like not I think betting wise, right? Like just make sure that he's part of some of your, the rotations of teams that you're putting in. But but uh, I, I can't bet him at eight to one. Given all the stuff you know surrounding him, now, that's not to say he's not going to go out and win this thing by by five strokes. I'm just saying, for me, on an eight to one with all the stuff that's going on, I I, I can't get there. It looks like you have uh, one of the outrights that I have. Yeah, I, uh, I have Justin Thomas because here's the deal: you play Justin Thomas when his number gets that big. Exactly 20, 28 to one, and he was. I got to be honest, Matt. He was popping higher in my model than his recent form should suggest. But when you really go back and look at it, it's just his putters really letting him down recently. So. Hopefully you can get that together. Uh, Daniel Berger, Scotty Scheffler, I hit as well. Uh, liked where they were kind of popping the models. Some recent form. Scotty Scheffler's got that weird thing going on now where it's like he plays.
plays really well in these really tough events and really crappy in the easy events. I did add one outright that it's not on here this afternoon. I added Terrell Hatton at 70-1, to 1, which is a little bit of an off-market price on him. Um, and another guy that was kind of popping up there in the top 10 in some of my models. And then other guys' top 20s that I did play, Paul Casey, Keegan Bradley, and Seamus Power. Yeah, I'm ignoring my model here on Berger this week. Um, he's, he's, he's up there in most of them. My problem with him is he doesn't play all that great on these longer courses typically. And so that's just, you know, again, I'm, I'm ignoring my model. This is one of those deals, like we say, everything I'm not always just, 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 just this. So I've got Justin Thomas. I've got Rory McIlroy. I think this, if you go and look over the last 20, over, over the last 12 rounds, the number one guy ball striking in this field is Roy McIlroy. And he is, when that starts coming around, that's when he starts winning tournaments. We, we were lucky enough to be on him when he did win earlier in this in this year. And uh, that's kind of coming around for him again. So uh, I, I'm on him again. I'm on Seamus Power <laughs> as well, as funny as that sounds. I'm also on Harris, Harris English in this tournament. Did we have a graphic for Matt's picks as well? Did no. we? No, we didn't. Only for Kelly's? Only for Kelly. Wow. Wow. Disrespect. Uh, all right. We'll talk about uh, this further in our one and done in our golf draft. Next, we'll update the scores and uh, we'll talk about 32 teams and 32 shows with the Carolina Panthers. It's VEASAN's primetime action. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.